Welcome to the e-commerce growth show brought to you by Segmentify. So, hello everyone. This is Carlos again for another episode of the e-commerce growth show. I'm with Evolve, the e-commerce growth show brought to you by Segmentify, and this is the e-commerce growth show Scandinavia today. I have the honor to be interviewing Mikkel Rosendel, and it's been quite an endeavor to do this interview, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> quite a journey in terms of uh, some technical challenges. But Mikkel, uh, I'm really excited uh, about talking to you. We've had some interesting conversations, you know, about the, the future of commerce, what you're seeing yeah. in terms of technology, what's going on in, in, in the market and what you see with your clients. But before you get started, so you're with a very respected digital commerce and consulting agency from Denmark called uh, Vertica. Uh, so perhaps you, you could start, you know, introducing yourself. How did you, how did you come about e-commerce and, and, and uh, how did you land in the, 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 the digital commerce world? And yes. Yeah, so, so I started within the, the digital commerce space about 15 years ago, I think. Uh, and I've been with Vertica for almost all of that time. Um, so I started as a, as a, as a backend developer for around maybe two years or something mm -hmm. before I found out that, that the real interest for me was more high level. So it was more within the architectural part. It was more based on the platforms and the way we actually do things. Um, so I moved away from actually developing, moving into the, you know, the structuring, the specification of the technical foundation. Um, and I, I did that for around maybe I don't know, three or four years. Um, and then I found out that, that a lot of our customers, what they actually wanted was that they wanted to, to have some kind of more strategic advice based on how should they actually, you know, achieve their digital, digital ambitions? How should they create the right technical foundation in order to do this? And what we also saw at, the, at, at that time and what we still see is that most of our clients, or at least most of the, the uh, potential clients also that we meet, they, you know, they, they actually don't have the full picture of, of the, the technical techno technological investments that they've made, mm -hmm. and maybe they don't utilize them uh, in the most optimal way. Um, so what I do now is that I work as a strategic advisor for most or some of our customers, uh, some of the large enterprise customers that we have within both the, the B2B and the B2C space. Mm -hmm. um, and basically what I do is that, so, so we look at our customers' digital ambitions that might be, they want to, you know, they want to be able to, to improve their digital uh, innovation. They want to be able to create multiple customer journeys or customer experiences. They want to be able to consolidate uh, across. And what I do is that I help create the a lasting uh, technical foundation and, and a long-term uh, plan or roadmap for doing that. Um, and that is part of the, the external role that I have. So, so actually what I do, so what we call it here is that we call it technical strategy. But, mm -hmm. but what I just talked about was the external part. So that is what is the customer facing part from a vertical perspective. But there's also an internal role. So, so because I look that much into to the different, you know, the market and, and the different platforms that, that is coming up and the different ways of utilizing that within the digital commerce space, I also have an internal role here at Vertica. So what I do is that I actually take what we see in the market, the different trends, and I try to, to you know, 
um, adjust the delivery that we 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 have and and try to to notch the the approach that we have for for developing and actually just ensuring that we have here at Vertica we create modern e-commerce solutions so that is part of the the internal um, role that I have um, we just talked a little bit about Vertica. So Vertica, I don't know how many people out there actually know about us because we don't do that much within marketing or sales. Mm -hmm. We actually focus a lot on large enterprise customers and we focus a lot on long lasting relationships. So for instance, um, Vertica was born about 20 years ago. Um, and we were, our first customer was Bolia.com at that time. And we still have them uh, as one of our customers. So we invest a lot uh, in existing customers and just growing that partnership uh, with them. And so Vertica, if we just look at us as a company, we focus 100% on digital commerce. So we do, like me, we do strategic advisory for some of our customers, both on the more business side, but also uh, within the, you know, the, the space between technology technology and business. Um, and then we have, you know, business development as well. But most of the, the, uh, the colleagues that I have, they work with actually implementing solutions for our customers. So they work with backend development, they work with frontend development, mm -hmm. they work with, so we also have UX as well. Mm -hmm. And we also focus on PIM, so product information yeah. management implementations as well. But all that we do that is focused around, you know, e-commerce and the digital commerce space. And for us, and then particularly for me, at least, that is, you know, that is that's an area that that's evolving extremely quick, quickly. Mm -hmm. So, what I try to focus on is that I try to focus on everything, if you can say uh, that that's you know above the the ERP system. So that is basically every system that's, you know involved in supporting the modern digital commerce foundation and the commerce solutions that we have. Um, back to Vertica. So, so Vertica, like you said, we have our HQ and O's. We have around you know, 110 employees here. And then we have a, a smaller office uh, in Copenhagen as well. Uh, I think there's around you know, 10, 10, 15 people there. Cool. So that's a little bit about me and a little bit about Vertica. Really nice. Uh, thanks for sharing. I, I think what I'd like to ask you then is, since you're in the enterprise world, mm -hmm. uh, you know, working a lot of um, some large customers, and I know quite a few of them, at least I heard, I mean, they're very respected Danish or Danish forward slash global brands. What yeah. is it that you're, you're seeing that they, uh, they're looking at the moment or the real challenges when it comes to, to, to digital commerce and you know, like what they want to implement. We're going to talk about, <clears throat> as, I, as I shared with you, like, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, there's, uh, there's a lot of acronyms for uh, maybe the same stuff. Maybe you can correct me, but headless yeah. or composable or whatnot, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and I think companies are looking at, uh, at that as well with confusion, like myself, yeah. you know, yeah. and probably one of your roles is to educate them as well i believe right yeah, to, to kind of is. simplify what's in the market sometimes you hear a lot of stuff so perhaps yeah. you can you can you can tell us what is it that your customers are looking at and how you're actually helping them 
yeah. uh, as of now achieve you know the five-year goal 10-year goal and uh, sure sure so yeah so i think like you said there's a lot of of hype around uh, composability but, but let's get back to that later um so what they're actually looking at right now so, so the way that that we and I approach it is that that we want to know our customers' digital ambitions. We want to know so so what are their what are their current pains and what are their you know what is that is it that they're trying to achieve, and you know so a lot of the customers that we have they come from maybe an older platform or an older setup and they want to be able to be more agile. They want to be able to they're maybe they're tired of you know rewriting their entire application and they want to have some way of achieving that you know reusability and scalability um, that they don't currently have so actually we have you know for the past year and a half we've been looking a lot into composable commerce and all you know all the aspects around that so that includes headless as well so i know this you know so what is headless actually right um, because that's something that at least here we've been talking about and implemented for several years um, now, but that's in context of you know one single customer experience. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's an app, maybe it's just a website, but but it's not that multi-experience platform uh, that we've been looking into. So, so that's you know that's a different aspect of the headless part. Now we're, we're going to talk composable, um, but but at least you know for us the composable architecture and composable commerce that approach and the concept there. That is the you know that is the enabler for many of that those digital ambitions and many of you know the answers for those pains that the, our customers have uh, around their current setup. So we have I think maybe three four customers right now looking into composable commerce. So that is definitely something that that we're working with right now. Then we have and that's maybe been you know. We've been talking about it. We've been implementing uh, solutions for some of our B2B customers around direct-to-consumer. So, so that is definitely something that a lot of our clients, at least, have been looking into as well. Um, and I think so customer data platforms and the hype around that one as well, that is also something that, you know, that our customers are looking into. And that is something that we are also focusing at here at Vertica, and we have been for the past year and a half as well. Um, because to us, so traditionally, a customer data platform that's, you know, that's centered around Martech and, and all the, the marketing aspects of the digital space. But to us here at Vertica, at least, that's, that's going to be one of the core components or key components for actually succeeding with a modern e-commerce foundation. So if you want to create a personalized experience, if you want to be able to, you know, optimize your different spends, you want to be able to work actively with the different audiences and segments that you have. We see the uh, the CDP or customer data platform as a core component for the future, um, and that is something that we've been looking into as well. You know, doing vendor selections and also implemented uh, the CDP here as well. So I think if I should just look at what we are looking into for our larger customers these three would, would be the ones right so so with the composable architecture composable commerce that's definitely top uh, of the list then we have the the d2c a direct to consumer setup and then of course the the customer data platform as well and personalization mm -hmm. in uh, in total really nice 
uh, Mikkel, perhaps you can share like when 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 you speak about because uh, personalization makes total sense. I mean, there's even segmentify CDPs. We had a really I, I joined a, a call. It was very interesting. Um, what they were talking with this customer in Brazil. It's it's a really large. Um, you know, brand, they do like white goods, they do everything, they have a marketplace and their concern was how can we integrate everything with the, the, the re, like, because they have the, the Omni experience. So they wanted to yeah. integrate everything that they have in the physical shops with the online shop, the app, the marketplace yes. and have it centered in their, um, you know, customer data platform because well, yeah. that's where they centralize everything and there's the, sort of GDPR and then all, all, all of the, those concerns, right? In terms of security, yes, yes. but also how do you integrate that? That was quite a, an interesting discussion that I joined. But um, when you talk about D2C, what exactly your customers are, are, are looking like? I, you know, when we go direct to consumer, is it Amazon? Is it uh, how they have to prepare in terms of logistics? Uh, can you just uh, get a yeah, brief so, so granular there? Sure. So for the customers that we have that have been looking into D2C, that is more creating a separate channel, a sales channel for, for the end consumers. So, you know, maybe even having a separate assortment or at least a part of the assortment for the, the D2C customers or end consumers, that would be a separate part of the assortment. So they actually created something that's, that's directed at the, the end consumer as well. Um, and I think, so if we're just going to talk about, so, so what, what are the challenges for our customers there when going D2C? And I think that is actually the, the impact that D2C has across the value chain within a company, right? So that is both the inventory part, and that's the sales and marketing, what you actually have to do in order to, to get your products across, um, but also the logistics part. Um, so, so there's a lot of different disciplines surrounding D2C surrounding and selling to end consumers that has to be in place in order to succeed there. And, and I think, so we're just gonna talk about what is the, you know, what, what, what are the huge, where's the huge, huge workload or, you know, where's the, the impact on an organization there, I think, yeah, you, there's just different parts of the value chain that you have to look into. And at least what we see is also that, that you can't underestimate the marketing effort as well. So maybe your brand is known for the, the business consumers, right? But, but for the end consumers, you might not be a known brand. Mm -hmm. And that is definitely a, a focus area as well. That, yeah, that's a whole other discussion. I find it super interesting. But let's just carry on with the. <laughs> uh, we, we we will definitely have a. I'll invite you for a panel just about that. Um, but yeah, I think I think when it comes to we also discussed this, uh, Miguel. When it comes to composable architecture, is this for everyone, or or is that um, you know, for every company out there, they should be concerned at, or uh, not concerned, but they should be looking at composable architecture. Do you see that this is the future? Can you comment a little bit about? Um, you know, yeah, how do yeah. you see this? Uh, I don't even know if it's a trend anymore. I think it's it's getting really consolidated with players like Commerce yeah. Tools, as we spoke about VTAX and, you know, like yes. uh, that offer everything in a platform like Marketplace, APIs, right? Um, how do you see that? So, yeah, so, so it's composable architecture. Is that for everyone uh, or anyone, everyone? Um, so, we see 
I think we see uh, smaller players actually also implementing composable architecture. But the way that it is right now, I would say that, that you know, the complexity that you have in composable commerce and, and composable architecture, I think that means that this actually requires some effort. So there are some new disciplines to master in both in regards to technical disciplines as well. Um, but of course, organizational as well. Mm -hmm. um, the concept of composability. So, so if we're just going to talk about that, so actually being able to reuse your functionality in order to create, you know, serve multiple customer experiences. Uh, if you see composability as, you know, the catalyst for actually unifying your organizational structure, because that's actually something that that is within, for us at least, within the, 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 the composable commerce space as well. So you have a lot of different business capabilities and you want to be able to unify them within your technical platform as well. This means that this goes, this, this goes beyond the, the commerce part and the commerce organizational part as well. Mm -hmm. So actually seeing composability as a catalyst for creating a more unified uh, organizational structure, but also looking at the reusability part. I think that is for everyone. But the composable arch architecture and the complexity there. I mean, so we have some of our customers who want to go, you know, should we look at composability? Should we look at composable architecture? And for them, if they have, you know, they have a, a current solution and they don't have the actual business requirement or the ambition to maybe serve multiple customer journeys or customer experiences, mm -hmm. then we wouldn't recommend going that direction. At least not until you have those ambitions, you want to go that route, then we don't see that as, as a requirement. But I think that that is something that, that you know, people actually creating a new solution, but also maybe looking into they have ambitions in regards to, to multiple customer experiences, mm -hmm. they should definitely look into composable architecture. All right. Uh, and perhaps you, you want to, if you can, like share a few interesting business cases and concrete stuff in terms of not only composability, but let's, let's talk about, okay, you talk about, you talk about this customer ambitions, right? And so mm -hmm. a customer might have an ambition of, creating a marketplace and having yeah. an app. And, and then you say, okay, but what do we have in-house and how do you sort of, because um, you have to say, okay, this is your ambition. We have to reverse, not, not maybe reverse engineer. And then you have to break that down into smaller goals. And can you tell us a little, maybe a case or two um, of customers that you, you know, top of mind that, that are quite interesting happen? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so we actually, have had some customers who, you know, what we typically see also. So, if it was the perfect world, you know, we could have, you know, really, you know, measurable KPIs, uh, digital ambitions. What are the results that you want to have based on this? But what we actually see as as the digital ambitions that we have, and and if we just take a case that we had, we so so what they were looking into is that they wanted to be able to consolidate. They had business, different business areas. Mm -hmm. They wanted to be able to consolidate these business areas or at least have the flexibility to do so. So their current setup, they have, you know, a shop for one business area and a shop for another and completely different tech stacks. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. So how do they consolidate this and how do they actually achieve that uh, digital flexibility or innovation flexibility that you need in order to be able to, to just meet and also exceed you know, future customer expectations for digital uh, experiences as well. So they looked into, so they saw that they needed to do something with their technical platform in order to support this, in order to be agile, in order to be able to just, you know, if they wanted to add a more specific um, shop or just, you know, a channel for just selling one single product, mm -hmm. they wanted to be able to be, you know, to have that be able to be created fast. Um, and, you know, with the current setup that they have with a monolith underneath each solution, you know, the time to market, that was essential there. So, so they had some requirements in regards to time to market as well. But I think, so instead of just going directly into that case, because I think the, the customers that we have actually going the composable direction, I think what's, you know, a common denominator for each of these is that they, and that's probably also why the, the, the ambitions is, you know, not that measurable. I think that's because they, they see that they need to be able to, to build for what's next, right? So they need to be able to just, you know, have fast time to market on stuff and features and channels and experiences they don't know what is yet. So on the other case, that was also part of their, uh, you know, um, you know what, what, what they had as an ambition. Um, in a more high level setup. And what we did there is that we actually just, you know, so, so what, how do we actually create a long-term technical setup for them where we, so, so when we talk about technical strategy, we also talk about um, maximizing the technological investments that our customers have done, right? So, so when you have multiple tech stacks, you have capabilities overlapping between the different platforms that you have, you have, you know, the expense that you have there, that that is suboptimal, right? So, so we need to be able to create a commerce setup where you actually uh, utilize that and consolidate that across. So that was part of the, the vision that we created, um, but also a high-level roadmap of how do we actually execute this. So when we do te technical strategy, we don't just, you know, draw up a vision and that's it. We also draw up, so how do we actually get from where you are right now to what you want to, to, to achieve maybe three years ahead with an executable plan. And what, so, so when can you actually start innovating? When can you start utilizing the different parts of the platform that, that is being created as well? So that was part of the delivery that we made there, you know, creating the, the vision, creating a, a long-term roadmap, but also, you know, focusing on consolidating the, the, uh, the tech stacks that they had. Very nice, very nice. Um, Mikkel, we are uh, just two final questions, but when when is it that you say no to, I mean, I'm interested in, because I'm gonna try to be not careful, but think about the question <laughs> I, I wanna ask you. Yeah. Um, customers, they, they, they might have great ideas or great ambitions. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you probably have to say no or, you know, those are possible, but we're still not ready. Yes. What are the typical, let's say, mistakes that you see in a, in a company? We're not mentioning names, 
not in regards to to the ambition, but what are the typical mistakes that you see, uh, you know, large brands uh, making when it when it when it comes to their digital commerce or digital transformation process? Is it, you know, I I, I I've been I I've I've worked in in several platforms, and I know that these guys they oversell sometimes and 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 you know it's like creating a legal right so you have to as you're saying you have maybe to to design things before or i you know i like the the canva strategizer like you put things on a canva and and and, and post-its and then you have a visual um kind of mood board before executing so because uh, so, then you can avoid a lot of time wasted. And uh, so tell me a little bit about the, the, the common mistakes that you see in large organizations, you know? Um, yes. So, yeah. So I think, I don't know if I would call them mistakes, but, but at least, you know, what we see with at least some of our customers is that the, so there's an organizational aspect here, right? It's when you're talking about the going a new direction, even though it might just be a new system, a new platform, there's always going to be some, you know, transformation, organizational transformation there. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the focus just when selecting new platforms or, or even going a, a completely new route with, with Composable, for instance, that requires that you have a lot of focus on the, the business uh, or the people that have to work with, with the setup, that have to be able to, to you know, make the day-to-day -day um operations of the entire solution that you have let's just take uh, so, so when we're talking headless right let's just take something like uh, e-commerce management so if you create a completely headless setup you know you start you have fragmented platforms where you do content you have something with commerce as well as an e-commerce manager where do you actually you know set up your shop where do you do your day-to-day -day work there right so what we see is that at least the there's not always the focus on the 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 organization the, the people within the organization who have to work with the platforms and the solutions and also the 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 changes or the modification that a new setup would have um, on the uh, the business processes as well so i think that that is the you know that is what we typically see but but i mean that completely depends on the maturity of the customer that we have. Mm -hmm. So for instance, when we just look at, you know, first or second generation customers that, you know, first or second generation e-commerce um, clients that, that they still lack, or at least sometimes lack the, the organization behind it. So they haven't completely decided where's e-commerce actually rooted within our organization. Where does it control? Is it sales, marketing? Where, where do we, we have that? Um, but also the different uh, business disciplines that you need to master. So, so you need to be able to have an e-commerce manager. You need to be able to, to be professional in your product enrichment because that's key to, to you know, selling the products in the end. And then you have your, your content management as well, which might be a new discipline within your organization. So for them, I think that is more the, the different, you know, building up the organization around it. And I think if we look at, at a third or fourth gen, um, that would more be like, they, maybe they also had to, to do some changes within their organization because they might move, like I said, when going headless, 
that will have an have an impact on the organization. So they will have to to adjust some of their business processes there as well. But they just have this. Typically, when you when you go to third or fourth gen, you just have this. So they maybe they've been burned sometimes. You know, having to build from scratch for the third or fourth time. Yeah. Then, yeah, they want to have something more lasting. But it will have an impact on the the uh, the people working with it within the organization. Um, yeah. So, so there is a how should we put it an organizational transition or transformation when we look at even creating the first gen, but also you know moving into a more complex or or you know separate world of of, of composable. Nice. And um, I'll leave it for another moment. That question. Um, so uh, composable. You, speak, you spoke about D2C, personalization, um, so direct-to-consumer, composability, personalization, and CDPs. And just uh, my final question, what are the, what's do you see, what do you see in terms of future of commerce uh, moving forward, like from 2022 to 20-whatever, you know, what's, what's, what's your take on it, what's really important? Uh, yep. for brands to, for companies, manufacturers, brands, uh, you know, um, to, to start looking at and to prepare really. Yeah, so definitely, you know, looking into to composability, like you said, and I think, again, personalization, because we've been talking about that for several, several years now, but now we actually have the means with both the, the customer data platform, but also the coming of the personalization engines, right? So that's a more modern take on both, you know, having the, the different recommendations that you need in order to create a personalized experience, but also with the search experience as well. So we see with the coming of these platforms, we're actually able to create this hyper-personalized or personalized setup at least um, that, that we've been talking about for, for several years now. So I think that is something that is gonna continue growing and also, you know, that's gonna be mainstream at some point. But right now, that's something that we see the, the coming of uh, as well. Um, then we have actually something we haven't discussed, but but so we see that's more like in you know a development approach when you're actually creating solutions. So we been we see that that a lot of customers and a lot of the solutions that that's been created focus on you know adding more features. You just build on top and you just add more features, but you don't. You don't actually see the value of them so you don't measure what is the value of the new feature that i created you just continue bringing out new features so what we actually try to put in also for the new implementations that we have is a more i should say value focused approach that you can have with some something like full stack split testing so actually in order to 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 work with that you need to be able to define what is that i actually want to achieve with this feature, right? And then you have to measure, is it a success or not? And then you can create solution based on the value that, that's actually been added to it instead of just adding new features. So that is something as well, right? So, so I think these uh, three things, at least for the coming year, mm -hmm. year or two, right? That is something that, that's, that we're gonna see more of. Brilliant. So that was Mikkel. Mikkel, thanks very much. Um, Thank you, uh, No, absolutely. Uh, if people want to know more about Vertica or yourself, what's the best way? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, they can just you know reach out to me or just you know, go to our website. All right. Um, Perfect. I think so that would be, that maybe, would be. maybe LinkedIn. 
right? Yeah, maybe LinkedIn. Yeah, <laughs> just reach out. I'm happy to talk about you know both composability and you know creating the the right technical foundation because yeah, that's just something that's that's really on my mind. That's nice. Thank you very much, Mikkel. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye.